So I'm very excited that we're today we're talking about personal branding. If anybody's listening back to any of the various podcast channels, watching this on the YouTube channel, um, watching it back live, um, on Facebook or LinkedIn, um, I really hope the next 45 minutes gives you a huge amount of knowledge and information around this whole subject of personal branding. I'm very excited about this show. Um, and I'm going to give a little bit of com- uh, context around what the show is about. Some, some of you may not have ever listened to a Bit 100 um, chat before. So um, obviously, my name is Penny Power. Very often, Thomas is in the room with us, but there is a deliberate reason on my part for it just to be a really intimate, close chat with Hannah Power, who happens to be our daughter, but is a much more than that. And I want you to separate the names and realise that Hannah stands in her own light and is, in fact, a mentor and coach to Thomas and I and has had a profound impact on our business over the last five years. Um, so we're going to be talking about personal branding. So please keep your ears and your attention to this because there isn't a person around that doesn't need to have a personal brand. But don't be scared by that title. It just and we're going to dig into that because it's very important that we make people feel comfortable with the subject and realize how important it is. If you're someone who wants to have impact, then you really want to have a personal brand. Um, so BitChat goes out live and also, as I say, across the channels. Usually it's um, where we interview experts that have joined BIP100 and BIP100 stands for Business is Personal 100. You'll see my book behind me if you're watching. Um, it's a, a book that's also obviously on Amazon and across other places. Um, and Business is Personal is a philosophy that I believe in and Thomas believes in, Hannah believes in. Um, and all our bippers believe in and that is the fact that it is personal and it is the juxtaposition of somebody saying it's not personal penny it's just business and how that absolutely gets into your gut and heart because business is personal we put so much into it and in a world when we want to create trust and emotion and passion how can we separate what we're doing in business with how we feel in life so it is very very personal So, um, Hannah, welcome. I'm so excited to talk about this with you, this whole subject of personal branding. Um, And I know that you are going to give a lot of clarity around this. We're going to have quite an insight into some of the frustrations around, um, really any coach can can relate to this, around the fact that anybody that wants to build their personal brand has to put some effort in. So we're going to be covering that a little bit. Um, but also how you direct and support and love them through that process. Um, so, Hannah, um, I'm going to do a bit of a, a mum thing here, even though I said separate us. But, you know, I am um, an extremely proud mum. You are, you stand in your own light. You support our clients. You've made a huge impact on their lives. You've made a huge impact on, on your, on dad's and my life. Um, and this is because... Um, you know, despite um, huge amounts of diverse ways that you could have built a career, and this is the mum moment, you did brilliantly at school, amazing at university, you studied law, you went into a graduate role in Accenture, a management consulting company, and then you decided that actually the part of business that really matters to you in your journey is how people project themselves. So can you give me a little bit of background to why you decide personal brand was something you were going to um, really invest huge amounts of money and studying and research into Mm. it's a really good question and actually I don't know if you know why (laughs) I 
why I picked personal branding in actual depth in terms of the story behind it in terms of because I was obviously over living in Bali when I picked this niche um it comes down to a few different things I mean I was very clear that I knew that I wanted to build a business and an expertise at the same time I knew that um having both was really really important to me and I wanted to be a specialist and I wanted to build a business around that specialism. And when I was reflecting on where was the best place for me to go, it just made so much sense to me. Personal branding made so much sense to me from my growing up in my life, right? Growing up in the world of Academy and watching all of these people build these personal brands for the first time on the internet. Um, and it also, you know, so my past, it made sense, but it also made sense for the fact that I, loved helping people individuals to master a a message which was just theirs you know there's so many things in our lives that we don't you know that we don't own that we're not in control of you know our careers change our businesses change but you as a person is the only constant throughout your whole life and the concept of a personal brand it is simply that it's that constant and it's the ability to have an impact in the world build an income and have an impact through you, through the nature of yourself, through your experiences, through your passions, through your values, through the, the, the message that you have to share. And then it made sense perfectly for me personally, because it was a combination of, of coaching and helping people to get clarity and do that discovery. And it brought together my love of digital marketing and the online world. So those kind of three reasons were the key, the key reason that I went into personal branding it also made a lot of sense back in 2018. You know, there were so many, you were seeing more and more people building their personal brands. You know, although I had unofficially been doing personal branding since 2012, because I used to work with, well, I did a bit of work with you, did a bit of work with the odd client who would come across me through various places. Uh, you know, it was obviously a very, very growing area. And it was very clear that there were some people that knew how to do it. And then there were some people that didn't. And it really frustrated me that the people that were building really good personal brands were the people that understood marketing. They weren't the people with the best skills or the best message. They just understood marketing. So I thought, well, there must be a gap between all of these really passionate, really skilled, really kind, driven experts and, you know, and how to do it. And I thought if I can work out that map, that will be worth a lot of hopefully money, but also hopefully worth a lot of impact to help a lot of people. So for me, it felt like, the best option that I could choose at that time. And although I go in waves with my love of it, I think we all do when we're so passionate about something, I think we can't not sometimes have a drop. The one thing that constantly, consistently, I believe in, and personal branding is not a new concept, right? I mean, Jesus had a personal brand, right? He had a message, had a load of followers that got that message out. Um, and then in a book, which helped him to transfer that message over the years. It's not a new concept, um, but, that concept of being able to share that message will always be no matter whether it's social media or something else that is what I will always be so passionate about yeah it's fantastic and and Hannah um is a sort of super expert for us because she comes into bit 100 don't you darling to um to support our our bippers um and you know it's quite interesting the transformation and I want to come to that not I'm not going to personalize it in any way I'm not going to mention any names but I want to come to that that subject a minute I mean, when you were just sharing that I was sort of thinking about my own journey through business and the one constant through all the different company brands we've maybe been connected to and created and founded the one constant that probably has saved me has been my social capital 
that is as a result of my personal brand. Um, so, uh, um, you know, I feel like I'm a sort of working case study where you've watched this and you've watched the ups and downs that we've gone through. Um, and that's why, you know, you decided to get a hold of our brand at one point, and I'm sure we'll come to that. Um, so there is a challenge, I feel, about the sector because, yes, 2012, I can remember you being really fascinated by the subject. I can remember people coming to you and asking advice. You've always been incredibly savvy about the online technology from a little girl doing eBay sales all the way through to um, how you manage your brand on Facebook, you know, as a, as a young person. Um, and then you deeply invested in studying this sector um, when you were in Bali for a year. You looked across the world, followed personal brand people, and there was things about that that though the way it was happening, I think you've mentioned it a little bit that didn't that you you felt there were gaps in it in the way that personal brand was being taught. You know, do you want to just help build on that a bit for me? Yeah, I think that. The term personal branding is very synonymous with uh, social media. And actually, I, I don't think that's what it is. I mean, I think your personal brand is truly just about what, what people know you for and what, you're, what you stand for, whether you're known as a, a good person or whatever, that is your personal brand. Since COVID um, and kind of a little bit before, uh, you know, with the rise of social media, it's become very linked to oh, your personal brand equals how many followers you've got on social media. But actually, that was never what personal branding has existed for almost longer than social media, because as I said, it's about your reputation. And I think when I was studying, to be honest, when I started studying personal branding um, as a concept, there wasn't really anybody to learn from. Everything that I learned, I actually tried and tested on you know, myself. There were a few people out there that I really, really admired. So Daniel Priestley, obviously, with Key Person of Influence. And there are a few other people that talked about this topic, but not in the way that it's taught now and not in the way that um, I was focused on teaching it. And I think that some of the big gaps were and, the, and what I you know, what I focus on is a lot of people don't lay those foundations with their personal brand. They don't really work out you know, what is their mission, both their personal mission for their own life and their mission that they want to, you know, the impact that they want to have on other people. They don't think about what their niche really is going to be and what, you know, making sure they've got that unique positioning for themselves. They don't think about who that audience is. And I think everything I saw about social media was about jumping on, on about personal branding was about jumping onto social media and doing this and doing that. But you were finding a load of people stuck behind the keyboards going, I literally don't know what to say or what to say. And it had this very chuck it at the wall approach. And I think a lot of people have that approach now where they think, Oh, it's a oh, I've been invited to speak at this event. I should do it. It's good for my brand. But, you know, no one at that event is their target audience. And I don't mean to only choose, only make decisions based on making sales. I don't believe that's what your personal brand is about. But I do believe that we have a finite amount of capacity. And I think being really centered on what the goals are with your brand, what the goal is with your message, who that audience is is going to enable you to get better results with your brand. And I think that that foundational stuff is so often swept over for in place of followers and sales and all of these things. But without that foundation, nothing will happen. Mm. And I think there have been one of the things I love and I want to bring up your book, which I've got lots of bits of paper in it, but The Power of You, um, the power of you, which you wrote actually three years ago, I think. Is that my right? Was it three? Uh, yeah, ago? started early 2019. Yeah. Yeah. How to build a powerful personal brand to establish yourself as an online leader. And I know you're working on your your next book now, but this is a really brilliant book, Hannah. And um, 
you know, there are challenges in this sector, and I think you've alluded to this, where, dare I say, I'm seeing more and more people saying that they can help people with their personal brand. And it's almost like some people are putting that wrapper just around the fact that they're a digital marketing expert, but they're not really understanding the, the essence of what it means to build a personal brand. Um, and, and how that does take a lot of thought and a lot of self-awareness. In fact, in your book, um, you've talked, you talk about people have to have a deep understanding of themselves. I don't know whether you can expand on that a little bit more. Um, I think this comes down to really what I believe personal branding and the internet and all of these things should really be about. So there are a lot of people that can help you to amplify your personal brand through a particular channel. So let's say there are people that are really good. They call themselves a personal branding specialist or coach, and they often are focused on Instagram or focused on LinkedIn. It doesn't mean that they're not right. There's so many incredible people out there who, who help people to grow their personal brands. But I think that because of the fact that it's a growing industry, we've kind of moved past the, the real like reason that you should be doing it. And that comes down to what is the message that you want to bring to the world. And I will always believe in impact coming first and income coming second. And I think that at the moment in personal branding, it's all about income. It's you can get this many leads, you can sell this many products, you can do this if you generate these followers. And for me, I think that all that's doing is adding more stuff to the internet, which is more of what we don't need. Whereas when you really sit down with someone and you really listen to their story and their passions and the stuff they've been through and their experiences, you find a message in there that everybody has. And that's what I think the brand should be being built around because I think that's what the world needs, more really strong messages of what people have worked out or overcome or are passionate about. But I think that because it's become so synonymous with social media and it's very easy to study an algorithm and work out which content is going to go viral. I mean, if you go on any platform now, uh, you can read a couple of articles, understand that you need to post at this time and you do this, this, this and this, and you can go viral on these platforms. And people are, you know, they're hacking platforms for growth for whatever reasons. And that can be really good if there is a really strong message that's come from a really strong place. But if you're just someone's just doing it for the sake of doing it, or it's a tick box exercise, or they just want to make more money, I think we're losing the essence of what personal branding really should be about. And what I've actually seen is I have a I have some new clients I've started to work with is people that already have the brand and now they're really struggling with massive imposter syndrome or they're struggling with the trolls because they've spent a couple of thousand pounds to build a brand or however much they've spent and they've now got one. And I've got this client, I start with him um, either next week or this week, I can't remember. And he said, I, I paid this agency, they've built me a brand. Um, I'm being asked, to, people want to invest in my company um, and people want me to speak at events. And I'm going, that's great. Why have you booked in a call with me? And he's going, I, I, I'm freaking out. Like, I don't, I don't want to do that. You know, I, I'm not ready for that. I, I'm, I've got a team of people who are looking to me to lead them and I don't know how to do it. And what we're ending up with is all of these creators, all these influencers, all these founders with these big brands in this position of influence, but they're not ready to be there because they haven't built it right back at the beginning in a slow organic way about what they really believe and they built it because someone told them they should. Yeah, I love that. And, and you talk about, I love it on your website, which anybody that wants to have a look at it, hannahpower.com, makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, you talk about make, creating a movement with your message. And so the message is really, really critical then that, that in, in, a, in clarifying that. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I think we see successful people burn out and have a big realization that they were doing the wrong thing all the time. You only have to go onto LinkedIn for two minutes or Twitter for two minutes, and you will find somebody sharing that they had their mindset all wrong about what success was. They had a realization, they did this, they did this, and now this is what they believe. That's their message, right? Now that message was possibly available all along, right? And they could, if they dug into it, they could have worked out what that was. But we've got so caught up in success and personal branding has become so synonymous with making a startup successful or whatever it is, that we are doing all of these things before we're thinking about what we're actually saying. We're saying stuff because we think we should or because the algorithm likes it. But what are we actually saying? And actually, what, what does it all mean if it's not built about around something really powerful? And maybe that's not sexy and maybe that's not fast enough. But people seem to have that realization anyway once it happens. So why not slow things down? And instead of trying to boom to the top of some list of, of experts that you're then you're then not, right? So like I just gave you that example, you know, personal branding is synonymous with influence, with being seen as an expert. If that happens before you actually are an expert, that could be more damaging than having no brand in the first place. So I think that it's become a little bit of a, a risky industry by booming people before they're ready and booming people around the wrong message mm. and if we slow down and we dig in then we can find something that's actually much more powerful yeah it's like they haven't created the foundations at all it's and so therefore it's very very rocky um but there are also people who have built trusted nice personal brands and i i guess without sounding like i'm blowing smoke up my bottom you know academy did give Thomas and I, Dad and I, a great platform for people sort of trusting us and liking us, um, and believing us and sort of knowing what we stood for. But, you know, you really got hold of us. And this is the thing. Some people can have a brand and they're not actually monetizing it properly and not actually understanding how, um, how they can most help people. And, of course, we then created Bit100 and now we're working on helping people to build community because of the knowledge around that. So um, one of the things I really want to touch on, and, um, and I know this isn't just in your world, it's in, I notice it in my world, we, as suppliers of people that wanting to help people develop and grow, you know, whether you're a consultant, whether you're a coach, whatever you do, um, it's down also to the individual to put the effort in. And I remember a few years ago, you went on a course and the leader of that course stood up and said to everybody in the room, I can't remember the statistic he shared, out of this 40 or 100 people or whatever in the room, only something like 20% of you are actually going to do the work for this. Can you sort of expound on that? Because I know this is one of the things that's so disappointing, isn't it? When people think it's easy and they, it's not. And I think that's a message which is the hard versus easy message, I think, is a really difficult like balance to strike, because I think you don't want to say something's too hard and make it feel impossible. You don't want to say it's too easy and then give people false expectation. But I think that, you know, this world that has been built over the last 10 years of, you know, watch this webinar and become a six figure and six figure entrepreneur in five minutes or watch this webinar and gain a hundred thousand followers, I think is really, really harmful. One, because people will either buy it, realize they've been ripped off and then, you know, be disenchanted or whatever the phrase is by the word is by those people or two feel like a failure because they haven't been able to achieve the outcome, which they've been sold, which was totally unrealistic. And I think the thing is with personal branding is it really activates your, your dopamine in your head, 
where you go, wow, this is what's possible. Like, oh my God, like I could have a brand and I could have this and I could have this and then this could happen. I could speak at this event. And usually people then know someone that's achieved that, right? So then they start looking at personal branding or they start Googling it or they start following people. And then they got start getting served more content and more ads telling them how easy it is to do that thing. You know, oh, how I did this in five minutes or how I did this. And it makes out like these things aren't, that they don't take effort. And when I say like things take effort, I don't mean they have to take loads of time. You know that that's not my, I don't like putting time as a measure of, of what creates output, but it does take effort. It takes a lot of personal growth to push yourself through all of the ego traps that are going to put, come up against you when you're looking to put your message out there. You're also going to have to learn a lot of technical skills, which a lot of people don't want to learn. Um, you're also going to have to really commit and have the discipline of doing things. You know, there's one thing that every single content marketing, personal branding specialist will say is that consistency is literally like the number one thing. You need to find a strategy that you're able to be consistent with. But I think that for me, a lot of people come to me with these really high, big dreams of what life could be over here. But when you bring them to the reality of where they are and what needs to be done, let's say this is step 100 and they're at step zero. And I say to them, that's a love, like, I love that as a vision. Like, let's, let's get to work. Let's get to step one, right? Because they can't fly. Suddenly it all becomes a lot less sexy and a lot less exciting and a lot, a lot less motivating to do because they realize the reality of where they're at. And I have had a lot of people, you know, we've built really good strategies and plans and we've kind of, you know, I have this sprint product where people come with me and we build their strategy and then they've not taken it any further because they've realized the reality of what it actually takes. And I remember having a conversation with um, Jay Shetty that obviously we both know. And um, I asked him recently, it was about a month ago, I asked him about um, podcasting. I sent him a message and wanted to ask him about his podcast. And Jay sent me the most incredible list of things that he did to get his podcast off the ground. Bearing in mind, when Jay launched his podcast, he already had millions and millions of followers. The effort and the work that Jay puts in every single day to get that stuff out the door, because he is so driven by, and he's got a team, and he's got loads of followers, and I'm sure loads of money. Um, the effort that he puts in every single day to achieve that outcome is what people aren't seeing behind the scenes, the risk that people take, the all of these various things. And I think this the effort that was required, whether that's money, whether that's time, whether that's whatever, is so misunderestimated that uh, people then think either I'm not going to bother or they get almost frustrated and jealous of the people that have achieved it as if they know something that they that's, that they don't. But yeah. they don't. if you look at anybody's content at the beginning or anybody's brand at the beginning, it's pretty crap. And unfortunately, we live in a world now where you're advised to take down your old content. It used to be leave your old content up so people can watch your evolution. I still believe in that. I leave all my old content up. Um, mm. The new thing is take it all down so people only see you now. I don't really like that because I love people being able to see all my rubbish stuff on Instagram and see the development. So I think that, you know, this this effort thing has become a bit of an issue because there are very few people that are actually committed. And if you think about what makes people succeed and what makes people fail, the people that succeeded were just willing to do the things that yeah, the absolutely. Failed weren't. And you can look at market changes or COVID or all of these bad things that happen. But still, throughout everything, there are always people that rise to the top. And it's not down to any. There's a bit of luck, but it is usually down to the effort that they put in. Yeah, I think um, these are really wise words you're sharing here. And I come across some many, many amazing experts 
so does dad because that's what we're interviewing for all the time bit 100 and so many people and i know it from survey do have a great sense of unrequited success and trying to help people to realize how important their personal brand is and how it will feed them into the future if they invest the time and energy mm -hmm. um and also it becomes fun doesn't it you mentioned dopamine because but you do get the rewards of it because actually when you define exactly like you work through the clarity of the message it's an incredible feeling it's like when you said to me mom you don't have to be a business builder you're a community builder um the clarity you get when you actually understand your own essence well, what a boost i mean it's better than any alcohol smoke or anything you could do because it's such a boost um and then it becomes quite fun because you do start to see the rewards so the effort you do see the rewards quite quickly Absolutely. when you put the effort in don't you so quickly and like anything you know think of it like the gym i'm no different really to a personal trainer right somebody wants to get fit they go to the gym they find a personal trainer the first few weeks, like you have to drag yourself to the gym. You're like, I want to buzz the alarm on your body hurts. Like you've got that little high of thinking, oh, like what's possible. And that is what kind of drags you along, but it is hard. But if you can get over like the first month, like you build a routine, you restructure the way that you live to build, build that in. Yeah. It's no different with most of my clients. The first like couple of months is always the hardest, but I know if I can get them over the first three, they'll be fine it just takes that bit of time at the beginning and that massive investment and I'm very fortunate with the clients that I work with at the moment they are all really committed then they are all willing to do that and let me tell you it doesn't come without people chucking their toys out of the pram and getting in little tantrums and getting very frustrated with this and that and it's not fair I, I've never seen over the last sort of three four years of doing coaching I feel like I've seen every aspect of humanity and we do have a really big um, challenge a lot of us not everybody with a real feeling of oh it's not fair that the world's gone this way you know I don't like social media I want it to be how it was I want it to be how it was I don't want to do this I don't like this it's not fair I'm not good at it it is what it is either you the only person and this is what I say to clients on coach sometimes on sales calls even they'll be layering on me you know this isn't and then this and I go I totally understand who is it impacting <laughs> if you don't start investing in, and understanding this new world and they go well me and is it impacting anyone else they get not really so I say well whether you make the decision to do it or not it's it's only affecting you so you can accept it embrace it and shift and that's what I say to my clients like if you're going to work with me you are going to have to shift you're going to have we will find a way for you to love this stuff and that's my goal is for people to find a way to love it because if you hate it you're then putting the energy of hate on it and that's why i think that social media sometimes has a bit of a bad energy because people are pissed off but in the meantime while those people are pissed off that other that they have to do social media and they have to do this you've got other people that have already made that shift and are embracing and are booming it yeah, absolutely. So you can choose which side you want to be on, whether to evolve or not. But we all know that if you don't evolve, you like we've got that's like all of these phrases that we've learned for hundreds of years, like you evolve or you struggle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I love your gym metaphor. I know I just want to go back to that because, you know, I recently went to the gym and impatient about it I had one session with a pt who didn't sit down personal trainer pt 
didn't sit down with me and understand my motivations, my needs, didn't do any of that foundation stuff that you're talking about that needs to be done. I just went straight on the machines. Second time I went on them, I damaged myself and I've spent three months already not being able to walk properly and I've got to have an operation. And that really is a good metaphor for the fact that when digital marketing companies just layer this and they send you straight into it without that foundation, without that understanding, without understanding you, without you creating your own self-awareness, without really understanding your message, you're just going to hurt yourself. And I think the gym thing is such a good um, metaphor. Um, So um, there's a few things I want to move on to here because... What I'm very aware of is the way you study and the way that you research and the way you have such empathy with people um, is that you you spend a lot of time helping them to understand themselves, overcome some of their fears, um, really deeply understand why do they want to build a, a personal brand. You, you know, that sort of that early stuff is such an important part of the foundations. Um, what are some of the things that you sort of uncover when you're talking to people? I know you can't name anyone, but what are some of the things that you tend to uncover that's taking you actually into more developmental stuff, coaching stuff before they actually start looking at their personal brand. Yeah, I, the the thing that I love about what I do and the way that I, that I do it is that because I, I learn it first before I teach it, I have pretty much experienced a large portion of what my clients are experiencing before they experience it. So I know what to look for in their language and um, when people work with me before they work with me, they have to do a, like quite a comprehensive discovery form where I ask them some quite tough questions that I want them to reflect on. And then really, you know, like a classic coach, I'm, I listen. I'm listening to I'm looking for essentially like keywords. Right. So I'm looking for keywords that I can for the brand and the business. But I'm looking for keywords, mindset stuff that's going to hold them back. And sometimes it's conscious. Sometimes they will bring it to me and they will say, just so you know, like this really like bothers me and da, da, da. sometimes it's really unconscious and that can be really challenging the unconscious stuff because when people hire me as a personal brand coach, they don't necessarily hire me as, you know, someone to dig around in some of the other stuff that's in their life. They might think that's for a therapist. However, that is going to impact whether they're successful with their personal brand, because I don't think that there's many journeys that are more um exposing i think if you build a business on your own as a solopreneur around your brand around your skills that really to me is a tangible explanation of where you are at in your life because it's it's all your decisions so it's almost like your business is just a mirror right in front of your face of of how you feel about yourself in your life so that can be quite hard for people to actually see that you know they don't have any discipline or they drink too much or they don't, you know, they don't, um, you know, they don't have healthy habits or they have really negative self-talk. In terms of what comes up, fear, I think, is the main thing that comes up for most people. And also really poor self-talk. Most people have a very bad way of talking to themselves. I think people think that they are protecting themselves from disappointment, but what they're doing is then creating that. So some of the big shifts that I make with people are very, very simple. I will just catch them on a word and they'll say something like, oh, you know, this stuff never works out. And I'll say, do you not think that if you put that, that, en- that energy into the work that we're doing, that things never work out for you? What do you think is going to happen with the work that we're doing together? Could you maybe consider that you've worked hard enough throughout your life and maybe this is the time it's going to work out? 
it's got to work out eventually. Why can't it? Why wouldn't this be it? I mean, I know what I'm doing. You're committed. Maybe this could be the time that it works out. So we look. I'm always looking for that, like the language that people are using. And it does tend to be fear based, but a huge lack of self-belief. The people that succeed in personal branding believe in themselves. That is fundamentally what it comes down to. Once you've got off the ground with your foundational stuff, this is my niche, this is my message, this is my strategy, this is what I'm gonna, this is what I'm gonna say, this is where I'm gonna say it. It all comes down to self-belief and discipline. Those are the two things. So those are the two things that we constantly move towards. And for most people lack discipline and the ability to organize themselves and find time. And then they lack self-belief and believing in, in their message enough because you have to believe in yourself before anyone else is going to believe in you when it comes to online. Because if you're not speaking with conviction and passion, people will scroll on to the next person. So mm -hmm. discipline and self-belief, I think, are the biggest things that I constantly grapple with with my clients, which is why I do a, a huge amount of work on time management and systems and processes and outsourcing and delegating and a huge amount of work on, on mindset and mindset shift. Um, but even the people that are super hungry and they've got both of those things, they'll have other things because building a personal brand is a massive personal development journey because you will get constantly new blockers coming to you and coming to you fast that you need to work through. Yeah. Um, which is why I think that it's a double-edged thing. Like you, you can, you get the output, work, work on your business. You're also working on yourself. And what's a better result than that? Yeah, absolutely. And um there's a few things I just noted down that I want to come to. I think it's really fascinating, the sphere thing and lack of self-belief and how we talk to ourselves. And I know you and I have had some conversations about that. Um, and you said that successful people in your book are constantly working at bettering themselves mm -hmm. and taking respons personal responsibility for that. Mm -hmm. But what you just said there is really important also, is that this wider subject, so we talked about this foundation of understanding them and understanding themselves and and some of their self-talk and all these things and what is their message etc then we've talked about the next layer which is okay there's got to be a strategy about how you get your personal brand out there but there's something really critical that you glanced over that i know is so important to you and that is productivity technical skills um understanding how to use time better and you also said earlier you're not really into equating success to time um so i want to really go into that we've got about 10 minutes left and at the end i do want to make sure that people know how they can contact you and work with you um so but i want to spend the next 10 minutes on that because some people might be listening and thinking yeah i get it i get it there is absolutely no way that i'm going to have time to do this and they fear the the effort that's going to have to go in even the you know there's the effort of learning and being coached but then there's the effort of applying it and doing it and i know from clients you've worked with how much you freed up their time to even start working a four day week, which they're shocked by, purely because you help them to have insights around how they're using their time, how they're being productive and how they're using technology. Can we talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, and time, you know, aside from personal branding, which is obviously my passion, time is my thing that I spend. I think we as humans are taught time completely wrong, where we have things, we, we have things equated to time. So like you're going to buy, you know, buy this service and it's for an hour or you need to spend an hour to do this, you know, oh, we've got a working day, which is equated to like this, even at school, right? You're at school, like you get to school at 8.30, you leave at 4.30 and it's done in time rather than in what actually needs to be achieved in that day. Like if I got to school and they were like, 
by the end of the day, this is what you need to have achieved. And once you've achieved it, you can go out and play. I would have, I would have done that, you know, and that's actually what I struggled as you remember a lot with at school, because I used to finish and then be sat there bored and have nothing to do. And then I would distract other people. And that was sometimes getting trouble. And I think we, we look at time wrong where we think that time is a, is a marker for what's going to make us successful. Oh, this person works an 80 hour week they're going to be successful but also what do you define as success to me and I don't know if this is because and I and I do often think about that because of the fact that we lost Vicky um who is mum's niece and my cousin at 29 and that's so young that's me I'm two months older than she was when she died now and actually three months nearly and um I just think we, we we've got our success my me- time metrics all wrong like does it matter if you, if I said to you, okay, it's going to take you a year longer to build your business, but you can work one day less a week. Wouldn't you rather have that whole extra day? We have these rules in place, like five days, two days, and then we have success equated to the money that we make. But even though we know that every single time we read the top regrets of the dying, they always say, I wish I had worked less and had more fun and spent time with my family and had more joy. So we can't, we know that we're doing it wrong. We all accept that we're doing it wrong, but no one wants to make any changes about it because the belief systems are so ingrained. So the first thing I always want to do with clients is, is, is really work out what is their definition of success. And when you dig below the layers of, oh, I want to make this much money or I want to build this brand, usually people want to create the thing that they could actually have now. So like, I would love to be able to work four days a week and make sure that I can pick my kids up from school on a Tuesday and a Thursday and my husband to do it on a Monday and a Wednesday. And I'd love to have Wednesday, I'd like to start late so I can play tennis in the morning. That's their, that is their goal. That's why they're doing everything they do. And then I say to them, like, why don't we just do that now? And structure your week around that. And people are like, so suddenly their definition of success, which they think is going to come when they've made the money they can actually have now. So there's a total shift in what the definition of success is. So once you then shape what does somebody actually the life somebody wants to lead and put the life ahead of the, the, the success metric of money or power or whatever these things are that are, we all know, pretty useless. You know, Steve Jobs died as basically the most successful person in the entrepreneur in the world. And pretty much his dying message is don't be like me I did it wrong because I focus on success not time if we can shift that first of all work out how we'd want to be how we'd like our lives to be we can then design from a place of what the life is and then we can use systems and processes and technology to shape around that in the 1930s um I think it was Keynes said that by the time we get to 2020 technology will advance so much the average human will only need to work a 15-hour week Now, I know that's really extreme, but what we've all done is we have brought in technology and all these things that can optimize. We've got instant messaging, so you don't have to, well, we've got email, so you don't have to send a letter. Then we've got instant messaging and like Slack, so you don't need to send an email. But instead of going, oh, that's good. I only need to work two days. I can work two days less now. We've gone brilliant. I'm going to fill this with more stuff. People are now so overwhelmed with information and and overwhelmed by the fact that our brains aren't set for this much technology, that they're not even productive and creative when they're working. We're also told that creativity is basically the number one skill that all big companies are looking for and all entrepreneurs need to be able to curate. But you can't create from an empty vessel because you've spent all your time doing and fussing. So 
my approach is quite different to everybody else's because I basically flip the whole thing on its head where I try to get my clients to actually work less, work less than they, than they don't work. What I call, well, I work three days, as you know, and four days off or what I call three pay and four play. And um, no, other way around, three pay and four play. And we work, we reverse it like that. And what you then do, once you actually look at what people are doing with their time, most people are busy fools, right? Rushing between this, spending time on this that they don't need to do. You remove tasks. You might put that over here. You might delay that. You might get a really clear plan. Suddenly people work a lot less and get a lot less, a lot more done. Because with a personal brand, people are posting this on YouTube. Then they're jumping over here to put it on Instagram, just using personal branding as an example. None of those things are reaping rewards. So what's the point doing them? If they're not reaping rewards, they're not working. If you're not getting followers or leads or opportunities or invitations to things, it's not working. So everyone is spending time doing things that don't work, but doing them anyway. And yeah, that's kind of an explosion. But it's a whole problem that I think that we have in society is we approach time all wrong. And we approach it wrong because of what we're told and what we're programmed to do since school. And then what we're programmed online, which is that the definition of success is to kill yourself to build a big business, even though mm -hmm. everyone that builds them then says, I killed myself to do this. I'm never going to do it again. And I'm now going to build my personal brand about teaching people not to do that. And this is just a cycle. And because I study personal branding, I'm seeing this all the time. I would say multiple times a week. I see big entrepreneurs that have built huge startups sold them, made millions of pounds and then gone, I wouldn't do it again, don't do what I did. And let me write a Twitter thread about how I, what I would suggest you do instead. So we're not learning because we don't know how to apply these learnings. Yeah. And that's why I think that aside from the rise in personal brand coaches, which I welcome, I think the more the merrier, like I can't coach everyone. I also think there's a rise in productivity coaches, which I think is really good, but productivity not to get more done, but to work less. Because if you're going to be in a creative role, which we are all in creative roles, if you're going to build a brand or build a business around your skill set, that requires a huge amount of creativity. There's no space for creativity if you're staring at a screen all the time. Mm -hmm. How many times has some client said to me, oh, I went on a walk and I thought of this content idea, or I was doing this and then I had this thought. And that's because when you're not working, that's when you're often creating and your brain's doing what it's meant to do. Um, so I think until people work less, they're not going to be successful with their personal brands. But it actually, I, one of my clients, also a client that you know, and I'm sure she would be fine for us to mention it. We, I had four weeks with her, two sessions, one every other week, four weeks. The first week we worked out her goals. We restructured her time. I looked at some of her blockers around time management. We took a day off a week of her working. She got more done. She was way happier. The next time I saw her, uh, I, I was then told that her productivity, because she mentioned it in one of your BIP sessions, went from a three to a seven in one week. The next time I saw her, she said, last week I had the most productive week in my entire career. She's in her 40s. And I worked less days than I've ever worked. No, it's really, um, it really is a concept that it's hard to get around. But I think it's very important for us to share this for anybody that's interested in this personal brand thing. Because you've got to, it's so fun building your personal brand when you come from a place of, I actually want to have impact. And you start hearing people saying, I really resonate with what you're saying. And I really, like, they start to really enjoy you. Uh, it's so fun, but you do need to learn how to manage your time and become fun and take that stress away from you that prevents you from doing the fun stuff, which I would really, really say personal branding and building that. 
Well, it's also so dopamine and serotonin, isn't it? Because it calms you down as well. When I know that my brand is right and I have a brand message that's right and it's just so calming, isn't it? So, um, Hannah, this has been a fantastic 45 minutes. I always love, um, always love listening to you and learning from you. And, um, you know, this, we, our lives have reversed a lot. I know I can give you a little bit of advice along the way, and but it's just so fantastic listening to you um now anyone i've, I've mentioned you've got hannahpower.com obviously people can find you on linkedin uh, do you want to give any sort of insights on how you work because i know some people will sort of think oh gosh how do i find the time but also how do i find the investment to do this do you want to give a little idea because you've got different sprints and ways that people can work with you yeah so i start everybody on a a one when i work with anyone the first thing we do is it's 595 pounds and it's what i call a, a creative sprint or a personal brand sprint and it's really basically everything i've covered in here it's a bit of a discovery and audit and then it's a deep dive into what their goals are what their success metrics are and what their message really is and then it's a plan to implement those things that we've covered and then i have options for people to move into if they would like me to help them implement it some people the sprint is enough the one-off other people, they want to move into the creator circle, which is then my my one to one and group program where I support people ongoing in three month cycles. Mm. Um, no, it's fantastic. Yeah. Sprint it's fantastic. Is, is the key thing that kicks everything off. Yeah, it's brilliant. Well, thank you. I'm thrilled that we've got this and I'm thrilled that we've captured this, actually, because I, I, I'm going to be um, using this video to to really help Bit 100 members understand the importance of of their brand as well and, and the process. So. Thank you very much. And to anybody listening, I hope you've really enjoyed this. And um, yeah, don't forget Hannah's book, The Power of You. She's got her own podcast as well, Hannah, haven't you? Yep. And, and so they can find a link to that on your hannahpower.com yep. um, site and connect with Hannah on LinkedIn. And thank you very much indeed. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for listening.